Welcome to Podcast IRC, conversations with Indigenous scholars to advance understandings and gain new knowledge, hosted by the Indigenous Research Centre at Salish Kootenai College. Okay, so that was a clip of uh, Madeline, Madeline Charlie singing, a, I guess what would be typically labeled as a, I don't know exactly what, maybe a life song, but really just a song that uh, I suppose you're, uh, you'd sing just when you're feeling a, a need to express some joy of life, I guess, in a way. Um, I'm not really exactly sure. These are one of the kind of songs that don't really fit into any of the particular genres that we've spoke about, such as uh, telling of the deeds or siyudlam or something of that nature. It's just it's almost like a what you'd consider like a personal song, maybe a song that she uh, got from a spirit as a spiritual gift, but not as a as for power or medicine, but just a just a song to express the joy of life in in a way. But you know, there may be more to that song that uh, that was not recorded or taken down on exactly its meaning or its origin. But um, that's about that's about all we know of that song. And um, I'm not sure if there's any other tribes that have songs like that that are that are really not for not for a, a very specific purpose that we've spoke of before as a medicine or for the performance of some ceremonial process but more just for uh, just for singing to to enjoy life and to express a gratitude i guess in a way but who knows uh, but it does reach into a, a, a deeper concept i guess that i wanted to highlight today that I wanted to um, bounce some ideas off of people and get some input. But that's really on this idea or this concept of time and how time is perceived in uh, in, um, in a kind of a, a tribal or a native world view. So we can go down many roads based on that very broad question. But uh, generally speaking, you know, when I think of... Uh, some of the issues that arise when we talk about time is that we've really adopted a um, a really modern concept, and it it uh, it bleeds into 
many of the processes that we embrace. And one of them that I was thinking about today was this idea of the strategic plan, the ill-fated strategic plan in Indian country. Now, have any of you been part of a strategic planning no. process? Brenda, no. Marty, no. Aaron? Uh, yeah. Well, strategic kinda, planning yeah. process? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I've been a part of at least at least a handful and uh, they become more of a more more or less a um, kind of like that uh, car you buy off your cousin and it breaks <laughs> down in, in about a week <laughs> and then it sits in your backyard for about uh, 10 to 12 years collecting mice in boxes of old baby clothes. All it needs is a transmission. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All it needs is that, that transmission to, to let her to, to fire it up. But uh, no, it sits there and you look at it and you know it's there, but it don't get used. And uh, so I, I was thinking about this idea of the strategic plan in relation to the concept of time. And I thought, well, there's got to be some reason why eh, that just doesn't seem to fit in our uh, traditional way of thinking, even in the modern times. So what I want to know from our uh, um, short list of participants today is what, what are your thoughts on the concept of time? Mostly in relation to the the time before the advent of modern modernism. Well, um, can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Uh, well, I kind of heard a new thing recently, um, and it's not really to do with native tradition um, itself, but it does talk about time. Uh, there's been studies done of cultures, and I, of course, this is through an anthropology route, but there is um, findings that cultures do have different concepts of time, obviously, but there's things called monochronic and polychronic. And, well, all I can say is Indian time is really a thing. It's not just made up to make excuses of uh, uh, being late. And as all of us probably are, you know, we're late for everything, but it's because our cultural background didn't value time and schedules as much as, say, Western Europeans. So it is a, a thing that anthropologists have studied, and and uh, it's. I think it's important to acknowledge something like that, like saying Indian time or some, there's island time that it is a real thing and uh and just as an example aaron as you can hear through his heavy breathing on the microphone he's eating dinner during our podcast so uh, that's that's a concept known as polychronic uh he's got a schedule to keep but his stomach's also got its own schedule right right so um you know, I, I, I get that. And, um, but some would argue and, you know, who would argue with you would be my, uh, my Yaya. She's, 
she's hitting her 80s and she gets really really upset about the use of the word indian time mm. she says ta there's no such thing she said uh my my folks and my grandfolks were up bright and early and they were never late for anything she says indian time is just an excuse for young people to be lazy they think it's funny to be late because they're trying to live up to a stereotype of Indian time. So what do you think about that? My grandpa always used to tell me that if you were uh, five minutes early means you were on time. And if you showed up right on time, then you were late. So that's always stuck with right. me too. But um, I don't know. Indian time is something different. A lot of people do do it to joke around, but I feel like they're, is a time and place, you know, everything happens for a reason. Whether that reason right. is that you're just scattered and lost all the time or, <laughs> or something is holding you back like a greater force. Cause I, I've been in many instances of where if I would have left when I should have left, something would have happened, you know? So it's, it's a weird concept of like timing is everything, you know, that's, being late has actually saved me a few times from some things, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, um, we could embrace that idea that things happen because they're supposed to happen in a certain way. And there's a larger force at play that is guiding really, uh, or orchestrating events for us. And, uh, it just depends on our uh, ability to, I guess, develop some luck that would put us on the on the right side of things, or maybe develop some bad luck that would put us on the wrong side of things. Mm -hmm. um, that's an interesting concept. What I think, and this is this is what I think, and maybe Aaron can help me uh, understand this a little better, is that. You know, that concept of time and that idea of being late are very different in the past than it was today, primarily because time is measured now by the second and mm -hmm. by the minute, mm -hmm. whereas in the past, there was not that kind of timekeeping. So from an anthropological perspective, I know, um, Marty, you talked about, was it poly, poly what? Polychromatic? Or is that a color? Polychromatic. <laughs> Polychronic, polychronic, polychromatic. That's a, what is that? Isn't that in music or something? The pol the, the chromatic scale. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> so I don't, it's right in there with pretendent. <laughs> I pretendent. think so. Yeah. <laughs> polychromatic. Well, Aaron, I, I know <laughs> Aaron's getting wound up. He's getting ready to say something. But first, what is poly, <laughs> polychronic? What does polychronic mean? <laughs> Oh, Marty. go ahead, Marty. Well, just means uh, like the priorities of a culture are different. So like you're saying, you just mentioned we didn't keep track of time by the second down to the second. Oh, it okay. was kind of more relative, you know. So yeah, in terms of adjusting to today's standards, yeah, there is morals and kind of ethics to be on time for things for us now we have to because everything mm -hmm. is measured down to the second but right. uh part of it is more like prioritizing things in their life like they'll prioritize family over 
a job or, or, mm. you know, like what Brenda mentioned, some things she stayed longer for, for a particular reason, kind of averted you from disaster, right? Is that kind of what you said? Brenda? Yeah, mm -hmm, definitely. So mm. it's like, kind of schedules are more loose. Right. Um, but obviously, if you're if you have a job or something, of course, you're going to have to to abide by the standards or otherwise you get fired like I did from my veterinarian job. <laughs> I was just being honest. And I was being honest and right on the time clocking in, you just clocked in. It wasn't a machine. You had to pen it in and I would come yeah. in. I'll just be honest and put like two minutes or three minutes after the hour I'm supposed to be there. And I was just honest. Hmm. So it all said like 202, 203, 204, because I'm just trying to be honest. And then the guy fired me, <laughs> and used that as his main ammunition. Plus uh, his depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Plus his depression. What did you say? <laughs> Yeah, the whole His job depression. was depressing, so it was oh, win -win. Okay. <laughs> You said the veterinarian had some depression, and they just decided to take it out <laughs> on you. Okay, so polychronic doesn't mean nothing to do with marijuana legalization and the types of... No, polychronic. Okay, uh, good. No. Uh, <laughs> so polychronic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good joke. Uh, I, I get it. <laughs> Polychronic. No, so polychronic is multiple, right? It's multiple individual, right? Shondine, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, a lot of chronic. <laughs> a lot of different types of chronic. Okay, Aaron's getting wound up. He got no, a bite of his uh, bacon cheeseburger. No, it's a it's he, a taco, man. Oh. A bite of his bacon taco. It looked like there's bacon on it. Was there a pile of bacon on there? No, it's salsa no. and chips. Oh, the okay, the bacon look like or the salsa look like bacon okay anyway go aaron i know you got it you got something and you're working up to it <clears throat> i'd go i don't you have nothing well i mean what marty's talking about i guess i can just he, he's talking about monochronic and polychronic cultures mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. in anthropology um polychronic is typical of like a culture that has multiple things going at one time and and the use of time is different in a polychronic culture and so tribal okay. people are typically polychronic and that's because okay. a tribal society can value multi the multitask you're doing a bunch right. of different things at one time so therefore if you're kind of thinking about it in time and like being on time, you're never really late or you're never really early because you got 40 things going at one time. So you're hmm. there for all of it. If that makes right. sense. We're like a mono, mo monochronic yeah. uh, culture is more very typical of like uh, the monarchy and, and things like that, where you're, it's very like, one thing at a time, one step at a time. I mean, but these are like general, general terms. So you don't want to be yeah. like overly general and say like white folk never multitask. Like that's not, <laughs> that's not right, what those right, terms right. are for. You know, they're just yeah. they're generalized terms to give you some gist of kind of how, how people think. Now, I think the concept and the stereotype of Indian time is both true and false. Um, yes. <clears throat> 
obviously tribal people in the past were not regimented to the minute, right? Nor was any culture um, right. regimented to the minute. Now, up if until you were to today. follow up until today, yeah. If you're a follow, yeah. if you were to follow like the clock, like the the way tribal people, or especially Crow Indians, I know, uh, kept track of time. They were still very much like we're going to do this at this time. Yeah, and and people did value punctuality, but I don't think it was like something you put on your resume. <laughs> it's like, oh, Marty's always on time. Like that wasn't. That's a value <laughs> now. That's like a. That's right. very. That's very. That right. that. And even me, I'm a sucker for that. I like punctuality. I like um, when people say, "Let's meet at." Well, I don't know, six o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want them logging in at six oh five. Oh, oh, I get it. That's a jab. Um that's a jab. I'm just saying. <laughs> no. Um and I don't know so, if that's okay. just something I've learned in the field or but my dad has a strong work yeah. ethic and I think just growing up seeing that and then my grandfather both my grandfathers were very much like that. Yeah. Um, so I well, don't know. I don't know if I'm just assimilated in that sense, but I do believe. So here's an example. Okay. When I, in my youth, in my youths, um, <laughs> well, actually my like early teenage years or my late teenage years. You got to pay for the youths. The youths. Okay. The Northern youths. Pay for the youths. Um, they, <laughs> they always had dances at New Year's in Crow. So yeah. Chris, from pretty much from Christmas to New Year's, they dance every night and, they seem to not do this as much anymore. They're always getting canceled and stuff, but it used to always be um, the winner of the hand game tournament in the spring. They got new year's night and each district would put on a dance. And I had never heard anyone say like, Hey, we're going to dance tonight at six o'clock or we're going to dance tonight at seven or whatever. But it just seemed to be right around six or seven Everyone was there and the dance took off. Yeah. So obviously there is some sense of time that tribal people are going by. Um, yeah. Even today when no one's saying we're doing this at this time, I personally never heard anyone say like, cause there's no grand entry. So like, it's not like that's the thing. Cause that at, at Apollo, that's kind of the thing. Mm-hmm. So the grand entry is, right. is, is the show. You have visitors yeah. coming in to see the show. And they want to see yeah. the grand entry. We're like at New Year's dances are what some people call a traditional powwow. I've heard that that's kind of yeah. a thing now. Um, it is. The The only person you have to wait for is the drum owner and the drumstick owner. And they have to be present for the dance to start. And once they're there, then you, you can start dancing and people show up as they show up. But um, it always seems to be right around the same time. Another example I have is at, in the Crow Sundance. I've never heard anyone say we're going into the lodge at this time on Thursday. Right. It just happens. People show up. You, it seems like right within a 30 minute period, you have no dancers there to having them all there lined up behind the lodge to go in. So I think right. there's still a, a sense of being on time, wanting to be there when, when it's happening. But to say that it's the same, I, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm going anywhere with this, but no, um, you are. Somebody <laughs> stop me. You, 
No, no, you are. And the one question I wanted to follow up on, and, and by the way, the jab at Brenda about being late. Oh, the jab was towards me? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She's even, oh, just she's kidding. even late on the joke. Oh I know, I know. <laughs> no, it was me. I just trying to pawn it off on somebody. Yeah, I thought. I was I, late. You're I was, good. I logged in at 5.54. Simmer. Everybody simmer down. <laughs> Simmered, especially Marty. Just sit back and relax, okay? <laughs> yeah, but there when Aaron, when you're talking about that, it sounds really unnatural. I feel like if you were to say, "Hey, we're going into lodge at six o'clock on Thursday," like that just kind of seems <clears throat> odd to think about if that was to happen. I don't, I don't know. It's but just... here's the thing: I don't know. I've n- I, they may do that. I'm not privy to that. But I've gone in a few times and no one ever said we're going in at this time. You just kind of, you're there. And then yeah, it, it happens. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. Cause it, I think the most natural thing from the process that I see it is, Oh, well we got to prep for it, you know? And then maybe we'll go start when the sun goes down or, you know, the, the cues to the day or something is what triggers that maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. No, I think you're right about that un- uncomfortableness of, of, of you know, regimenting, especially ceremonial things to a clock is kind of mm-hmm. odd. Was you going to say something, Marty? Yeah, I was just going to kind of, uh, and I'm probably, it's, I like this, uh, the talk so far, but I, I wanted to do a little disclaimer. I probably didn't explain polychronic very accurately <laughs> so well uh, i, I really didn't I, get it that accurate either yeah <laughs> well okay yeah, that's my fault well, well what <laughs> i want I'm not after, here, after i'm not you... here to defend it but um, no yeah another example of kind of this idea of time being flexible would be say um, when you open medicine bundles you what when do you do it after the first thunder you can't put a date on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's things like that, you know, that happen. And then so that's kind of, I think, another a good example of what polychronic means. If you know what right. I mean. Because they don't say, I, we're opening the new baseball stadium after the first thunder. But imagine if they 30th. did. Imagine yeah. if they did. <laughs> Um, then that baseball team would win every game. No, it's <laughs> cool. You, you bring up an interesting thing because even like using first thunder as an example, it's kind of funny. Yeah. There's some excitement to hearing the first thunder. Mm-hmm. Even if you're yeah. not involved in those things directly in those ceremonial things, when you hear yeah. it, it kind of signifies to you like, oh, man, some things can happen now. You know, and even my kids, like my, my older boy, he was in Missoula one day and he texted me, he's like, just heard the first thunder. And like, he's not involved in any of that stuff. And yeah, but even it marked this kind of thing. So we tease and we say, what if they open the new um, baseball stadium after the first thunder? Imagine the excitement (laughs) of the community, even in Missoula or Billings or wherever. Yeah. Phoenix, Arizona. If you say, we're going to wait for the first thunder. Boy, when that first thunder happens, man, the, the city would be like, it's happening now. So yeah. that excitement's kind of fun, you know? It is. That's kind yeah. of a side thing, I guess. But Swimming trunks on sale after the first thunder. 
<laughs> yeah, dude. What if they did that? <laughs> yeah, that'd be what cool. If they did that? that, that would be, be cool, cool man. Yeah, we we need to get it. We need to get a, a some one of these IRA tribes to to uh, to start adopting that uh, poly polychronic time schedule. Yeah, so more poly chronic. Yeah, yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This just in: after the birds fly south, the new Avengers movie will be released. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first chip of the gopher signifies. <laughs> oh it. man, I think it can get cool. I think it can get pretty cool. You would have people paying attention to like their surroundings if you said, "Hey, man, as soon as the geese come back, as soon as yeah. the geese come back, we're gonna we'll do it, dude. We're we're gonna jump in a three on three tournament." As soon as, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, per cap, dude, per cap distribution. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's that's a good idea, man. That is a really good idea. It actually kind of charges know. me up a bit just talking about it. It does. Yeah. It does. Kind of amp we're, a little we're gonna, bit. We're going to march right on down to the tribal complex and uh, put together an initiative. <laughs> we're going to round dance around the world. <laughs> Get an ordinance passed. <laughs> a round dance ordinance. <laughs> We're round dancing around the world. <laughs> you remember that one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wasn't too fond of that. We're no. round dancing no. around the no. world. No, no, no. We're round no. dancing no. around the world. <laughs> Let's all join uh, hands. Oh man, we're yeah. round no. dancing around. Okay, oh, Brenda's got something. Here I, she goes. I am, I do. Hey, so uh, to bring it back to the song, the introduction of the song, and you said that the lady that was singing, what was her name? Madeline? Madeline Shirley, yeah. Okay, so you said that that song wasn't really sung at any particular time, but what I got from it, it was like a feel-good song on like when you're harvesting berries or something, you know, because I was hearing that song yeah. and it sounded really jolly. And as we're talking about the concept of time, you know, if – right now is berry picking time, you know, and I'm sure that yeah. people would go and pick these berries and sing songs. And, um, I, I feel like that would be one of them, but another concept of time that's not by the clock is, you know, when the water goes down, well, wasn't there, didn't you help do a project with the heart of the he monster? Was the you were the project, weren't you? Yeah. And so I, I feel like that concept of the two, do you want to talk about that or no? Or I, cause I feel like that's a concept of time as well. Well, it is. Yeah. And, and what I was leading into is that, that idea um, exactly right there that we started joking around about is, is the observation of landscape markers mm-hmm. or landscape cues that really was really the clock at, at those times. Um, so the, the clearing of snow on certain features in the mountains, it can tell you something about an event or, a, or something going on in, in some distance from where you are, or maybe even a marker of what other tribes might be doing. I know, for example, you know, the, that heart of the monster was one example that was used to determine what the river crossings might be down the trail. But that was used in conjunction with other things that I'm sure it wasn't used alone because there was probably other markers that that uh, would indicate uh, some events. So, for example, in conjunction with that clearing of the snow, the the Salish people here and probably other tribes would 
watch for the blooming of the wild roses. And that would tell you mm. when the when the buffalo were nice and fat and could be, you know, have the maximum amount of uh, of uh, nutritional value, I suppose. So in conjunction with all these landscape markers, you know, I think that that being the clock, you know, that we watch today, you know, that that concept alone is I really I think is a really important thing that we need to start considering, especially if we have this idea of sovereign rights, you know, and the sovereignty of of not only of governance, but, you know, that idea should also bleed into the into our daily lives, sovereignty over time sovereignty over um, uh, knowledge, all those things, and uh, tackling it from the standpoint of time, I think, is a pretty important thing, especially for our uh, research agenda. So how, do we, how do we then craft this research agenda or this research approach, keeping in, t- in, in tune with that concept of time? Mm-hmm. Copy that. So, any anything else on that concept of time in the past? I think it's, I think it's pretty clear. If you're a student of, of uh, I don't know what do you call it, past the days gone by. If you're a student of those <laughs> things, then uh, <laughs> I don't know what you call it. <laughs> Help me out here. It's called history. <laughs> the history, <laughs> happy days. The <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> days gone by days Over gone by. I, was by, to, and by I was trying to get a little poetic there you sound like a Baptist preacher <laughs> well I can do that pretty no, good that's but... a, it's different than a Pentecostal preacher a Baptist preacher oh, okay well you'll have to show me that sometime I'll have to perfect that <laughs> yeah. yeah that's what we'll yeah. do that's what's do yeah yeah after the break <laughs> okay well let's listen to this next song and then we'll go from there Are you guys ready ready i didn't that didn't sound exciting enough and i only heard one ready yeah yeah, yeah. 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 we were born ready, ready? ready we're here dude <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I'm, on, I'm on i'm sure why not this is gonna be a good one it's a, okay here we go Okay, so that was a uh, another song that is kind of in the same uh, in the same category of, um, I guess, unclassified. But again, it's it's just a song to express your joy or your gratitude of of something. 
And um, I guess from the the song, um, which was Ellen Big Sam, uh, I guess the some of the information about that song was that it it was sung oftentimes when war parties or hunting parties returned to camp. Different from the scout song, uh, but more more uh, to express gratitude for those folks coming back. So it could be considered kind of sort of like a parade song, but it's really unclassified in that specific genre. But just to indicate some the happiness of some event that um, was successful. So um, this is this is what I want to what I want to know now. In we have this we have this job before us, and um, I don't know how well we're doing at it. I, I'm really leaning on 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 you folks as experts and as uh, practitioners of many different uh, important things, whether it be uh, a knowledge of your academic discipline or just regular old what I call street knowledge, which is pretty pretty important uh, important thing. But how then how then do we uh, operate? Um, or I should say, how then do we generate knowledge? And in particular, I'm talking about indigenous knowledge or tribal knowledge or traditional knowledge. How do we generate that while still keeping the concept of time in the right frame of mind for the practitioner, not the practitioner, but the consumer of that knowledge? That being, the tribal communities. And this goes back to this idea of the strategic plan. Now, I've sat for three days, eight hours a day, putting together a strategic plan to, you know, to, to do some really important thing that's important to the community. Um, and then you get this big document and it, it forecasts forward 10, 20 years on the goals and objectives, and um, it it seems to be a really bulky and unusable tool in tribal life because it's my understanding, and I maybe I'm way off base, but I don't think we look that far ahead, 10 years, even two years ahead in the things that we, we do. So what I want to know from you guys is I want to know your thoughts on that. Does that seem right? Does that seem wrong? Go. Hit it. I think in a business perspective, planning out five years is beneficial. You know, it's more of a, a guideline than anything, um, whether you meet those objectives ahead of time. Or some things happen to where you meet them after time. I think that that's a practical sense but culturally it's hard to put a timeline on culture like that and trying to revive it. Um, I I think that a lot of people keep in mind that our elders are getting older. And so there is a little bit of a flexibility of time, but um, Mm -hmm. it's not like hold them to it type of scenario. I don't think anyways, it'd be hard to implement that. I don't know. Do you think we're the first generation, or maybe not the first, but we're in the first kind of era? So us and maybe the generation or two before us, 
that are concerned with preservation? Um, I, I don't, I don't think so, but I think it's, I think we're, we're in a different era of, of that. And I think we have, um, maybe more tools than say the folks did in the seventies. Like we have this vast, vast network of knowledge called the internet. You guys heard of it? Heard of it? The internet? The world wide web, you mean? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, on, yeah, yeah. On Sorry. the line, on the line. It's it's on the line. Yeah, <laughs> it's on well, the line. Well, it is the line. <laughs> you 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 get you connect to this thing called Wi-Fi, <laughs> Wi-Fi, and then um, it, it opens the door to uh, this vast web of knowledge. <laughs> no, I yeah, you know, I think I don't know. What are you getting at? What are you getting at? Uh, so. You're talking about a, a strategic plan, or you're kind of using well, that. Using, you were using that as kind of yeah. a springboard or whatever. Yeah, kind of an example. And then this idea of planning and like the idea of looking ahead and yeah. And, and then you made mention of uh, tribes may have not done that. Really? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so I was asking then when it comes to looking forward and the state of native people in the future, are we one of the first generations to have that concern? Hmm. Boy, I don't know. Cause in that sense, that's a strategic plan, right? Is if people get together and say, this is what we're going to decisions we make right now, this is going to have this effect. This is what's going to ca- be caused by that. And therefore this can happen and we can ensure yeah. such and such things. And then if plan B, if this happens, yeah. then we go this route, then plan C <laughs> to mitigate certain things. Yeah. So, do you think it's in, needed? In a sense, it's a cultural, do you think it's needed um, whether it's happening or not? Do you think that there does need to be a strategic plan? For who? For for anyone, for any culture. Oh, I don't want this to turn into a strategic plan discussion. Okay. Let's <laughs> let's <laughs> I'm well, yeah, yeah. I'm immediately regretting my statement. No, I'm just <laughs> Well, I, I guess so. It's just an example, and and this is so to to get it off of this idea of the strategic plan. Let's put it in a different context. So, oh, I know for what example. I was okay, I'm ready. Go. I was using that question <laughs> to springboard yeah. the idea of time and this okay. idea of the past, present, and the future. And do tribes have the yeah. same concept, or do, or is this one of those things where we're like overthinking? It and we're kind of glorifying, are trying to overcomplicate the way tribal people think and thought and continue to think. There's, right. I think sometimes native people were guil- guilty of buying into the stereotypes of us, and that being this kind of prophetic, mystic idea that we can somehow put our ears to the ground, we can figure out what's going to happen, we have foresight and and all that. And yeah, and that's true. I think some individuals do, but for the most part, we're humans, and we, yeah. I think, our our attitudes and our our cultural knowledge is based on the environment that surrounds us. So what yeah. I'm getting at is that if our concept of time today is based on our culture and our worldview, then for sure that has to be the environment that we live in, which is a completely different environment than those in the past. 
Correct. Okay, so then yes. is it fair to say that we can accurately um, critique how tribal people view time in the past? Yeah. You know, if we embrace that and say we're just way too different, we just we can't even conceptualize it. Yeah, I could I could partially agree with that, but really, it's not. Um, it's not, it wasn't that far back in time if you think about it. Yeah, but a lot's changed, man. Yeah, like a lot. A lot has. So okay, so yes, agree. Um, but let let me let me. Throw I don't this even out know there. if I with myself. Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. it. So yeah, I don't want people out there in the podcast world to be like, man, is this Aaron even an Indian? Yeah, what is he? What, what is, is he? he? I suppose. <laughs> what is he? he? He's a naysayer. <laughs> he is. He's, he's a, a he's a ne'er do well. <laughs> he's full of tomfoolery and ballyhoo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is it. So this is it. So this is these are some of the markers or some of the keys that that I would say uh, help me to to view into the past the best I can. So, for example, um, we examine things from the landscape today. We still do that today to predict what's going to happen next year. Not two years, not four years, not eight years, but next, the next year. Like, give me an example, like the apples are good this year and next year they might not be or well, how? Well, for example... Okay, so one one example is like where the bees are 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 putting their nests. Oh, above ground or nesting, underground? Are they nesting uh, above or below? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that tells me what what the wind what the winter snow might be. Yes. That's one example. There's another example that I'm not too familiar with, but it has to do with the deer, the liver of the deer, and how one piece is elongated, and that's going to tell you again how bad the winter may or may not be. That's oh, another example. I've never heard that one before. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so those, you know, those still exist today. And another example is our uh, what what one might call the renewal ceremonialism or the those practices that that help you prepare for the next year. And during those practices, you get clues about what's going to happen in your next year. But not for the next next year or the next next year. It's always that year. So that that those little pieces tell me that we're still operating in some concept of time that may not align with the modern world. Yeah, I would I would agree that we we don't uh, um, bite off more than we can chew, and the side yeah. looking towards the future, we don't get out of hand with that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you do and you don't because I think we understand the ripple effect of life that if I make this decision, it's going to have this effect to some degree, yeah. but you're not, you're not prophetic in, in that sense. So yeah. like sometimes they'll say in the sweat, somebody might come in the sweat and they'll say, why did you want to have a sweat today? And they'll say, I had a dream that I seen the snow. And then they'll say, oh, good. So we'll ask that we'll see the snow. And so this might be the spring or it might be yeah. the summer. 
and they'll yeah. say. And then that's it. As far as any other prayers or anything, it's really not even a thing. It's the idea yeah. of doing that, following the steps, but proclaiming that by saying, I had a dream and I seen snowflakes coming. Or they'll say, I had a dream last night and the I seen the ice break. And so they say, so we'll ask that we all see that together. And then they'll say, this, that's it. That's so I, I, but I've never heard somebody say in 10 years, I'm going to do this, you know, or this yeah. happen. Yeah. And they'll just kind of leave it up. They'll leave it into the, I don't know what you call it. The, the ether, the ether, <laughs> the ethernet. <laughs> Jinx. My, I got my printer and my uh, soundboard on my uh, TV connected to the Ethernet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's an IT joke. Anyway. <laughs> a poor. It's not even poor, a joke. A poor one. Yeah. I don't know, even know yeah, what an I think that's a. I think that's not a joke. I think that's a fact. I think, <laughs> which makes it funny because it's true. <laughs> let's, let's, let's hear from Marty on this. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, Marty's got a sip of his uh, uh what are you drinking there, partner? Big gulp, huh? Was it a big gulp? Americano. It's an Americano, yes. <laughs> it's an iced. That wasn't an iced Americano, sir. Yeah, there's ice in there. All right. Okay, what you got, partner? Time <laughs> is on your side. Okay. Time is on your side isn't that a song uh, i think so was he gonna sing it Time. well i was getting there but you cut me off for sean is Dean. on your side i think it's just on my yes, side it is. It is. Time. oh go ahead i'm sorry i only know the course so you are gonna... saying that you want to be free but you keep coming back all right okay (laughs) let's bring it home let's bring her home so marty anything to add on on to that um you know what i always say time is relative like your uncle or your auntie (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're all related to time in some way. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what is all, what is with all these auntie and uncle jokes lately? Anyway, I don't know, man. What is that? There's a whole what lot of auntie stuff going on in it. It is. Let's be honest, man. Not appreciate it. I have an auntie. I have an auntie named Karen, and I love her. <laughs> Oh I no! Love that woman. <laughs> yeah, I don't appreciate the Karen jokes for my aunt, or the auntie jokes for Karen. I have an auntie and a Barb. <laughs> oh, I have a Karen and a Barb, Barbara, aunties, and I love them to death. Oh so, man, Karen, Karen is getting out of hand. She wants to yeah. talk to the manager. <laughs> this is getting out She's of. She's upset about. All the Karen <laughs> jokes, yeah. Okay, this is getting out of hand. Let me bring it mm-hmm. back in. 
mm-hmm. here because yes, yes, true, all that true. I think, but I think that because, and I, and I believe that the this polychronic idea is true. That yes, we do operate on that kind of concept of time, and I think it's mm-hmm. one of the reasons. And this is the stereotype, and one of the reasons why we can't save. You know, nobody, everybody's got a zero balance in their savings account, or they don't have a savings account. I don't know if that's true, but <laughs> but anyway, we also operate on the idea of of time in other ways. Um, uh, kind of a little bit about what Aaron was talking about, but. When our children are born, we wish upon them to be a certain way or to have certain characteristics, which is very, very far, far in the future. Um, Other examples might be um, the idea of kinship, right? Who we can and can't marry. So six generations Mm -hmm. out, you shouldn't be marrying anybody up to the sixth generation. At least that was the belief here. So that's really kind of a future, future idea. So I think the the idea that we operated only on a annual or interannual cycle is true, yes. But I think in other ways we also operated on a time scale that may have spanned that annual cycle. Any examples you guys have or any thoughts on that? Because some tribes have the clan system, which is very uh, uh, extensive and comprises a lot of rules. Uh, but I don't know if it if you think or feel like it operates under some time scale. So let me know uh, your thoughts uh, <laughs> on that. <laughs> gonna, I'll, let, I'll let Marty jump in on this one. Marty, Marty muted. Marty muted and, and shook his head and said no. Got a hard no. I don't got anything. Sorry. <laughs> well, okay. It, it's tough to say. I don't think kinship, our, at least our kinship, is not determined by time at all. Okay. Because even, oh, here's an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, I heard some older men one time, this is a few years ago, and they said, um, Two leggings. They were talking about chief, or I don't know. Yeah, chief two leggings, and they said um, they were kind of bad mouthing him, right? Uh huh. Yeah. And and they were saying, "Oh, we're just teasing," and the guy said, "I'm a whistling water kid," referring to his clan. And two leggings is a whistling water kid, so I can tease him. And then they're all like, oh, yeah. And then they all kind of started in again on two leggings. Two leggings died in like 1919 or something. And this was like two years ago when I heard these guys talking. Huh. But the way they talk, like it was right, it was happening right now, you know, he was there. Huh. Does that make sense? That's interesting. No, it does. So speaking about someone who's deceased as if they were now in the present. Yeah. So then last night, in fact, this was the same guy. This was the same guy. Last night I was on the phone with this guy and he was telling me about a guy named Donnie Deernose. Donnie Deernose died in the 1970s. He was probably in his 70s at least when he passed away. Um, Well-known man. But he he was talking about, um, he's like, yeah, 
we were talking about good singers, you know, and he said, yeah. Oh, Donnie Dierno's he's he's a good singer. He knows all them beautiful songs. Yeah. That's how he said it. As he's if a good speaking singer. in the present tense. Yeah. He said, Donnie, yeah. Donnie's a good singer. He knows all them beautiful songs. Hmm. And I thought that's that pretty a, interesting. Is that a product of the of a language language proficiency? And well, it's, it's tough. It's tough to well, say. I hear that a lot too, yeah. right? Go ahead. They always, um, if you're, I, I think it has have to be if you grew up around the Crow language a lot or you speak it or can understand it at least, that present tense is always used. Like Aaron was just mentioning, I'm pretty sure uh, it, Donnie Dierno's was passed away, right? And yeah. they still use the present tense speaking about him. And I've, I've noticed that a lot. And it, at first, hmm. I thought it was too like a kind of a misunderstanding of grammar, but uh, it must be some way that the language deals with that time time concept. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of that, one time I I heard an individual telling the crow creation story, and he says, um, "Yeah, he says the creator first worker. He says this is how he looks." And he describes what he's wearing and he says, huh. he's always doing this. And then he'll go into like detail about what he's doing. And he said, when we asked him, when we ask him for this, this is what he says. So then he says it and he sings this song. So then he sings it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking of that, like the way he was telling the story kind of made it sound like he was talking about a guy like at the store. You know, which is different hmm. than saying in a time gone by. <laughs> in times past. Yeah, yeah, like if I started a, started a story that says, um, long, long ago. Yeah. Immediately the listener is disconnected from it. Not not the by fable. emotion. They might still like it, but it's, it's, it's not attainable. It's something that happened way in the past. But I noticed yeah. the way crow people talk. And there's a man named, they call him Awago, and he tells stories. He's been gone a long time now, but that's how he talks, you know? He kind of ta- tells hmm. stories like, and he reenacts the story, like physically hmm. reenacts it. He mimics voices. But uh, when you think about that, if he's telling the story of a battle that may have happened in 1850 or 1840, yeah, and you're listening to it in the 1940s, the way he's telling the story places you in the event. Yeah. So that's why when people say tribal people have a very, very um, strong oral history, I think it's, it's because we don't tell stories. We've adopted that now. I noticed that's how native people tell stories. Now they'll say this story has been told for thousands of years and like already right there, (laughs) it's way back there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, handed down yeah. several generations. Well, and, you know, mm. they might still say that a little bit, but then they'll go into the story. Yeah. But the way the story's told isn't like say like saying, This is how it used to be. He would yeah. this is what they would say. They they're talking more like it's like this story was told to me by so and so who learned it from so and so. And then they start the story and the story's right now. It's happening right now. Narcissus blood of the 
of the um the sick or no he's a blood indian actually from standoff he's passed away now but he said that when he's doing the horn society functions holding the staff he says i'm um uh, uh when i hold this staff i don't I'm going to mess this up, but he basically he says that I'm not only recognizing that I'm doing something that's old, but the past is happening right now. That what mm, I'm doing, yeah. central act, that this thing is happening at this moment. It's a reflection of things that have been happening. It's not only a reflection, but it is happening. It's bringing the past right to the person. Yes. So, yes. That's a powerful experience. So then if that's how you view time and that's how you kind of view the world around you, I think that's a very different, you kind of come out of it with a different thing, I guess. I don't know. I agree. I agree. And I don't know if you remember that, that research we, we, I had passed around to you, to you about that, uh, these archaeologists studying people's reactions or people's oh, the uh, bog bodies. Yeah, yeah, and that that's very similar to what you're talking about about yeah. an experience of bringing the past, which could be at any length of of chronological time, into the present. Um, it reminds me of that, and, and I and I think that holds a lot of truth to to what we do today, the ceremonialisms that are still alive today. It it places us in a time where that is where we think of it as the most strong or the strongest, or we're always striving for that thing right there. And then th there was this other research and I, I'll have to find the details of it, but it does um, detail when kind of uh, the oral tradition started using the, like the, the, the Goldilocks, you know, three bears kind of approach, you know, a long, long time ago in a land far away, how that little so, piece so, started to. Someone has addressed this in research. Yeah. So I'm yeah, not talking yeah. out of my. No, uh-uh. Nope, you're not talking out of that that thing. Your beeper, no. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, and I think um, uh, one of our student interns, Keisha, I think actually addressed that in some of her writing. So we'll have to have her on and uh, give us a little chat about that. But yeah, so I think there's there's multiple dimensions if you want to put it into some some uh, some kind of academic talk, multiple dimensions of time, and it it follows along the lines of what you said in the beginning, Marty, about this polychronic idea of time, where um, you know we 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 see time from a I guess from a the the standpoint of survival or the food quest sure that happens on an annual interannual basis but when we're talking about things like luck and deeds and history well yeah that that can transcend that uh, interannual time period um, also the the idea of the prophecy then comes into play as as something then that can even see further in time but I'm not sure how that situates itself in the in the whole um, spectrum of things we're talking about. But I think each tribe and tribal group have their own um, prophecy or prophecy makers. But now those, and I'm not. It's hard to put a time period on it. But I don't know how far forward those those kind of things look, and it would be hard to classify. You know, talking about all this time stuff, it kind of made me think of something. And Marty was there when we went to Chicago. 
and we got to look at these uh, shields in the Chicago Field Museum. It does kind of shake you a little bit in terms of time because um, because me and Marty both, I think, come from a time where Crow people, it's this mixed thing of like telling stories. And so they'll tell stories of like how I was saying like many years ago or way in the past. But then we also still have some people who kind of tell stories in that old fashion. But man, I'll tell you yeah. what, and maybe Marty can talk more about this. When you hold an object like that, something it like shakes you man i don't know what it is but something happens to where all of that stuff gets messed with in terms of like it's right now like you're looking right at something and you might think it's from two leggings or bull snake or charger strong or something and and as soon as you you grab it you're like man it places those dudes right there like yeah i don't know it it does something i don't know marty what do you think yeah, I got that too, especially the the uh, shields that were there that they have actual photographs of the person with the shield. And then it's like you're seeing that same shield right in front of you and you get to see the vivid colors um, that they are that's not shown in the picture. And it really does kind of erase that barrier of time. Like they're, these, this person was real and this this object is kind of proof of that and symbolizes that right right now right when we're standing in this spot yeah you know and i um i'd be interested to know if uh brenda if you've had any of those experiences or have anything to add um on this uh this particular topic she's looking at me like why why are you asking me (laughs) we want to know what the power of holding an object or well, I mean that just anything in related to this idea of uh, this multiple dimensions of time, because, you know, we all have to have to work and we have a paycheck and that really dictates a lot of our time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, and we know our vacations are coming up and we got these holidays. And so that part of our life is very regimented and it happens the same every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but what other parts of your life kind of transcend that that uh, regiment of time? Well, I know that if I run late on some th- things and I miss the time that it happens, I have a lot of regret, you know, like, oh, man, I should have got it together. So I could have went and done this or that. Um, right. You know, because timing is everything. But uh I guess I don't really have too much to say about it. Sorry. I just. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just listening. And I stepped out. I stepped out for a little bit. So I kind of missed <laughs> missed what Marty was saying and what um, Aaron was saying. And so. I'm sorry. I I'm, uh, I'm monochronic. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My chronic is mono. Aaron, you're muted, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. No, no. I mean, I'm just I'm just reaching for everybody's experiences with time. And, you know, I know we all have our different uh, ideas about it. And sometimes it takes just a little discussion to to uh, bring it out and say, oh, yeah, I I can see this or that happening. But what What I don't quite go ahead. What do you maybe go ahead? Finish your thought. Oh, no, because it was going to jump into some, something else, but I want to know. Well, I was just going to say, thoughts. archaeologically, uh, did you see the 
on I think ABC News is where I seen it. It they put out that the the human occupation in North America has now been pushed back or is perceived to be yeah. pushed back to almost thirty thousand years, which is yeah, something I've kind of always 11, said. 000. Yeah, I I I don't think that's far reaching. I don't think that's out of this world to think that. So no. 30,000 no. years is a long time. It is. In it any, is a long in time. In anyone's standard of time, that's a long time. What was the previous date? Was it like 20 or 22,000? No. Well, Marty, no, about 12,000. 12, 13,000. Really? Because Anzic Boy and um, Naya and like there's one other human specimen that kind of like places us. So roughly, I think people would always kind of use the fifteen thousand year mark. So right at the right at the would that be at the height of the ice age or right near the end? Right at the end of the late Pleistocene. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. So then, this new discovery in Mexico, a cave in Mexico, put puts it back yeah. another eleven thousand years. <clears throat> yeah, another which, eleven thousand yeah. years. Which, which, so <laughs> my argument was okay, Anzic boy. Anzic boy, for anyone who doesn't know, was a, a, a boy that was found at the foothills of the crazy mountains that, that um, is like 12,500 years old. So yeah. that's a pretty easy number to find using genetics and DNA and, and the human, uh, yeah. that, that lab in Copenhagen that's really into that. And so, yeah. but, but he was ceremonially buried. Okay, so that's that that's different because now that that means a society has to function for a while to have ritual and ceremony and tradition. It has to function for a little while for that to happen. So the belief now, at least from, I think, more like preservation mentality or like traditional archaeologists, I don't know if they think this way, but you apply the idea of ceremony and ritual um, being developed. So then you say, well, he let's just round it off to 13,000 years old body. But he was ceremonially – so you can add two, 3,000 years to that, give or take, I think, depending on who you're talking to or any right. – you know, and you can easily place that. You're like, man, 15,000 years isn't nothing to think that a society had existed for that long and for that yeah. body to be there. So then, then you have to think, okay, well then – once you get to 15,000, then it's very possible to say something had to have existed. He came from a group, and he damn sure wasn't the oldest member of that group. And so right. before you know it, six, seven generations into something, even at that time, was I think the average was age 25. So you, you figure that's four generations is 100 years, you know, six, seven, eight generations, yeah. 200 years. Pretty easy to, to kind of start to – to think that, I mean, it's obviously there's very crude kind of ways of thinking of things, but, um, and generalizing yeah. a little bit, but I mean, you can kind of see that if to a native person, if you even to a native researcher, if you said, Hey, did you just hear that 30,000 years is the new mark? Most native researchers are going to be like, well, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like, I think where our brains were going anywhere, even if we didn't say 30,000 years. Yeah, our brains were kind of like we damn for sure know it's not thirteen thousand years. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Give me a break. Give me a break. Give me a break. Enough Just... of this ballyhoo and tomfoolery. 
<laughs> what was it you were teasing somebody one time and you said, what did you get your drumstick from, Anzic boy? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's a real specific joke, man. Yeah. <laughs> that well, it looked it looked ancient, man. Paleo drumstick. It <laughs> it's like, ah, dang, pulled this drumstick out of an ice sheet. Yeah. <laughs> this thing is old. Yeah, that was uh, that was remember. pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I think so, you laughed. I, <laughs> I think that was, that was the only one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> ah! uh, anyway, so yeah, that's pretty cool. And you know, I think this um, we didn't get to what I was trying to get to, which was then how do we transform those ideas into a research structure or a methodological approach and i think that's probably the more challenging thing to do but we do have to be uh, aware that you know we're we live in a different time because we are regimented by the clock we're regimented by tools that measure things very precisely um so you know developing a a methodological approach that takes into account all of these things then becomes very challenging so that's what I was trying to get at, but I don't think we're going to get to it in this episode. So maybe we can uh, we can pull in some expert on our next episode that we can torture with our blather about time, and um, <laughs> we can uh, get some more ideas from that. What do you guys think? Another, well, I have another example of how okay. modern natives kind of demonstrate their values of time um so say you went to a predominantly euro american event which uh, may start out with like a national anthem yeah well when uh the national anthem is sung the way it was written it takes one minute and 22 seconds so say you go to another anglo-saxon um gathering where a Native American drum group was invited to open it up in yeah. a good way. <laughs> and they sing mostly, <laughs> mostly in a good way. Start. In a good way. They sing all four starts. They four sing starts. all four 30-second leads. You can do the math. Way more than one minute and 22 seconds. And, you know, if you're, if you kind of are leaning towards the Euro-American side of the uh, assimilation spectrum, you might be like, they're going for a third lead. <laughs> <laughs> one one lead might have been good because these guys are going to be impressed. And then they're like, you hit that one one lead and then you end it strong. And everybody's like, dang, that was amazing. But then you, by the end of the fourth lead, these Euro-American side of the spectrum people uh, will be like, this is it supposed to go this long? <laughs> Do I still need to be standing up? Oh, my feet are getting tired. And then by then, they have time to think about when this is over, do we applause or do we just kind of do we bow, bow and gratitude? Do I love yeah, it. Exactly. I love it because. So, I mean, it I, I goes in my head, you know, I've been. I've been assimilated. Yeah, yeah. We're all assimilated <laughs> to a degree. And I get like that, like, this is kind of getting long here. And, and it's just like, no, that's. This is what you do. <laughs> no, you, no, you, you're right. And actually, I've been on the other side of that. 
where I'm the guy singing or many times me and Sean Dean has been that guy. And yeah. I, I'll be the first to admit about the second start. I'm like, this is kind of overkill. Yeah. This is a yeah, little yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but because it's a performance. Yeah, man. It's weird. It's um, a performance. I know we're going, we're in the yeah. weeds a bit, but uh, I like the idea. <laughs> Marty, man, you nailed it. Cause then I, yeah. I often thought, I wonder what they're thinking while I'm singing. I'm thinking they have no idea what, what to do. People are yeah. like, do we stand? Do we clap? The hats on hats off. Does the hand go on the yeah. heart? It's funny <laughs> to always see that one guy that puts his hand on the heart. Then he kind of looks around, takes his hand off all the heart. <laughs> and I mean, I've seen guys salute and then they're like, well, I don't know. I don't see anybody else saluting. And so, yeah, no, you're right, ma'am. You, you yeah. spot on. Yeah, it's like and, the, know, it, and that's like specific to like opening up some kind of banquet or some kind of yeah uh, <laughs> public discussion or soiree gathering. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The 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 um the invocation that lasts you know forty minutes is uh probably not uh not conducive to the show that's about to happen. And you, yeah, you man, let's let's address that. The guy brought yeah. in to pray. We're going to open this up with a prayer. And then he proceeds to lecture people. <laughs> and yeah. He makes yeah. you feel bad. <laughs> Nobody knows our ways. Nobody collects the berries the right way anymore. <laughs> this is uh, not the, the way grandma taught you. us. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, dude. Like, your kids are running around. <laughs> Yeah. No, you know yeah. nothing. <laughs> and then, then I right. thought, can you sing sing the honor song now? And then we're just like, all right, I guess. Right. <laughs> and then you got Marty. Marty the whole time with his kids. He's like, oh my god, hurry up! My kids are running around. <laughs> you guys are going. Instead you guys are still- going too long, man. I can't keep them still this long. And <laughs> then the baby starts crying. And then the god. <laughs> Dang, baby starts crying. <laughs> oh my Everybody, gosh. Everybody's staring at you. <laughs> then someone's phone rings. And then they answer it. They answer it <laughs> yeah. to tell them this. To, to, and then they say, I, I can't talk right now. <laughs> Christ, right button them. Right button them like everybody else. Oh, cripes. <laughs> we're out we're way out we're way out here. <laughs> but it's true gold it is we're we, we, that's it man that is it brenda you had something to say go oh i was just gonna say as long as they don't say amen at the end i'm okay with whatever <laughs> Bre- brenda's one of those people who goes ah woman hey <laughs> <laughs> It's her story, not history. Grapes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what's the okay. new thing? The BIPOC or by? What is it? Yeah, what uh, is that? BIPOC. Yeah, I got it. I, I got tagged in a post. The Indigenous Archaeology. Po- uh, someone posted and tagged Indigenous, and it said BIPOC anthropologist or something. And I was like, "Cool, right on!" Not knowing what it was. <laughs> what is it? I don't know. Let's 
it it means black, indigenous, and people of color. I had to Google. Oh, it. we're going back <laughs> to the color term, huh? Yeah, we're yeah. going back to color, huh? What the heck? I, I guess color. so. I I don't. That's know. very nineteen fifties. It is. I mean, nostalgic. Are you a way. colored boy? Oh God, that's, <laughs> not, that's not. Let's it's not. not let's, let's not. Just no. Yeah. Okay. Anti-miscegenation. Let's wrap. <laughs> let's wrap. I'm gonna this. keep going. I'm gonna keep going. Let's wrap it. Let's wrap it. Alright. Are you guys ready? Let's wrap it up. I think we need to. Um, I think we need to um, explore this a little more. Not much more. A little more. But definitely, we need to address. Let's spend the, some uh, time on it. Let's spend some time on it. But first, all I hear, well, I'll do the invocation, which will take at least criticize, 30 minutes. Criticize, criticize. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll have a short I can't break. I can see in this thing and I can't ride in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're out. Are you ready? Later. Nothing else? We're good. No, We're end out. it, man. Thank you for joining us on this episode. And to learn more, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at IRCSKC. You can find us also on Facebook and YouTube by searching SKC Indigenous Research Center. You can also visit our website at irc.skc.edu. Don't forget to join us next time as we continue our discussions on Indigenous research, Indigenous research methodologies, and indigenous worldviews.